Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. What's it like to be around here? Repeat that back to me. One, two, three. Yes, that's right. So, you know, some of you who've been for maybe quite a few job interviews, that might have been actually a question that you might have asked your potential employer. You know, that's something that I know on kind of these interviews that I've asked. I've asked like, you know, what's it like to work around here? What's the culture like? You know, do we get to leave early on some days? You know, uh, is, is there any free cake at any time? You know, what, who's, who am I reporting to? You know, what's it like? What's the general atmosphere like? What's the culture like around here? Uh, but that's kind of something that we want to cover over these next few different weeks. And we're going to split it up into two different sections. Uh, so uh, we've got fi- uh, thieves and occupants. Thieves and occupants. So thieves are basically the things that we don't want in Arena Church. They're the things that we believe that um, that actually going to steal our God-given purpose, our destiny, believe are going to um, stop us from growing, stopping us from moving into what God has for us. Uh, and the occupants are the things that we do want in this house. Uh, they are the things that we believe uh, God's really going to uh, help us to, to grow and to, uh, and to move forward. And we're going to be covering uh, the occupants over these next few weeks. But for today, we've got a very, very special uh, panel for you today that we're going to speak around the thieves that we don't want to allow into Arena Church. Uh, just to let you know, the four thieves that we're going to be covering are uh, offence, religion, rejection, and control. Offence, religion, rejection, and control. Uh, so just before we go into any of the questions, I'm just going to ask some of these guys some questions. They're going to give you uh, the amazing wisdom, and just we're going to talk around these four areas of uh, thieves that, that might come into Arena Church. Uh, so guys, before we start, do you want to just introduce yourself to everyone? Okay, my name is Andy, and I'm one of the elders as well as part of the worship band at Arena Church. I'm Julie, I'm uh, the worship pastor and also work in the central office at Arena Church uh, as executive pastor. And I'm Stephen Robbins, um, campus pastor here at Mansfield. Oh, a little bit of a cheer there for Stephen. That was, I think he's the most popular. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, so uh, first question, if we're looking at you know, these kind of four different areas, if we're looking firstly at religion, you know, What's, for some of you guys, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in church? Something crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I can I think of a few things. Um, I won't maybe say all of them, but um, in relation to religion, really, where we let kind of religion dictate the way we do church, I can remember one example. Um, Eline and I were probably been married for about a year or so. We were living in Brazil. As you know, Eline's from there. Um, living in the interior of the Rio um, State. So it was very rural. It's not Rio City, it's Rio State. And um, we were asked to come to a a church, which was an Assemblies of God church. Of course, we were Assemblies of God. And and so, um, you know, it felt like it would be quite a good fit. We used to, you know, the way they do church. And and so we were invited to come along and just share for about 15 minutes. And so we arrived and people were very friendly and and um, we got um, kind of ushered to the front because I guess, well, I was speaking and, and, and there all the people, like the important people, sit on the stage at the front. Not like this. This is, this is not at all. But everyone sits at the front. And so we, 
Cusolini was interpreting for me. I, I don't, didn't speak Portuguese at that stage. So she, I just brought her with me. And we were sitting there at the front of the church and suddenly looking out and suddenly realized the way people were distributed, it was all women on one side and all men on the other side. And, and then I looked across and I noticed it's only men at the front as well. Like women weren't even allowed on the stage, but I just called Alini and she was sitting there next to me. And then I was like, okay, so we maybe broken rules here. And then we noticed that every single woman was wearing skirt as well, like dresses, no, no trousers allowed. And, and Alini sitting on the stage with the men in jeans. And so it was kind of like, it was just extreme religion, wasn't it? And it's nothing to do with the Brazilian culture because everyone wears jeans and women and men never segregate. It was just an example of church being totally out of place with what the culture was and bringing things into the church that God never intended. Um, so it was pretty embarrassing. Um, we didn't get any, they were very polite, um, but we did feel a little bit like embarrassed by breaking the protocol. Anyway, so just one story that I thought of. Did you get invited back? We never got invited back, no. <laughs> uh, one of you guys uh, want to share a, a crazy story as well? Yeah, I've, I've been in church since the day I was born, so that's 45 years, so I could probably write a book about the crazy things I've seen in churches. I've seen, um, I've seen fisticuffs, I've seen actually fights in church, I've seen people fall into Baptist tanks, which is pretty crazy, because um, they're left open. Uh, but one of the craziest things I've seen that stuck with me for years, uh, I was probably about 20, 21, and the church I was at, um, a guy had come to church, he'd come back to Christ not too long ago, but he wasn't allowed to do communion because he wasn't wearing his tie. So how crazy is that? Number one, the women didn't do communion anyway. He wasn't allowed to serve communion because he wasn't wearing his tie. Um, I mean, myself and Lou left that church fairly shortly after that. But yeah, that's a crazy rule to put in, that you have to wear a certain clothing before you can actually serve anything. Wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, and I, I think I'm, I'm you know, really thankful that Obviously, we're, we're not like that at Arena Church here, which is really good. Uh, just on the back of talking about religion, um, kind of the, the second question. Uh, some people actually have said about maybe some of our, search, uh, our services that we de-spiritualize, that we maybe take a, a spiritual element out of it. What, what would you say to some people that say that about our services? Yeah, having been in church that length of time, um, I've, I've clearly heard that quite a few times. I've been in very traditional churches. I've been in very uh, liberal and free churches. But that comment tends to come from people who don't understand what spiritual actually is. They're actually referring to religious behavior. Um, So for instance, you always do communion every Sunday morning. If you don't do communion, your church is somewhat apostate. Um, Your guys all have to wear ties. Your ladies have to wear hats. And things don't move. Things never change. But actually, that's not what spiritual is. The Bible encourages us to sing spiritual songs. What are we doing? We're singing from our very inner core, our very inner being. We, at Arena Church, we believe that relationship is far more important than religion. If anyone ever calls me religious, I'd be deeply offended because I'm more interested in a relationship yeah. with Jesus Christ. Mm. And what that looks like in a service, it means I don't have to wear a tie. I am decently dressed, but I'm certainly not wearing any form of uniform or anything else. And we, we read the Bible here. We've had it on screen 
every, every week we have the Bible on screen. We, we do communion, just not every week. So are we some, somewhat less spiritual than other churches? I don't believe so, because relationship with Jesus is what you'll hear us promote week in, week out. Never a week goes by mm. where the invite isn't given for people to respond to get into relationship with Jesus Christ. So believe the Bible. It's God's word. God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to follow a set of rules, because you'll find is when you have a relationship with anybody, it's a two-way street, isn't it? You want to do what pleases them. You want to do what brings a smile to their face. And that's not about religion. That's about relationship. Julie, you got anything like Yeah, so one of the things that um, has been uh, said to us is about why doesn't the worship go on any longer? You know, why, why do you only sort of always do around three, four songs? You know, shouldn't we be more spiritual that and keep singing? Because some churches would go on for 45 minutes 50 minutes there's nothing wrong in that but one of the things we made a very conscious decision of a few years ago was that we wanted to be a church that people could relate to and that people um, felt at home with and one of uh, the the changes that we did then was to endeavor to keep our services to just about an hour and 15 minutes an hour and 20 minutes because new people coming in that's one normally one of the first questions they ask how, how long are you going to be and um, we want to, to create an atmosphere that people can just come and relax that you can feel I can bring my family to or my friends to and you know that it's credible here it's relevant here and so we made a decision that we would just go to around 20 minutes at the start of the service, and we'll talk a little bit more um, possibly about that in a little while. But we, we went to the 20-minute start of the service, and Phil uses this phrase for many of you that know Phil, the worship should always go on. Worship isn't just something I do for 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. Worship is that when I get home this afternoon, I've got, you know, I've got my, my heart and my voice is just connecting with God all day long. It's not just about singing. We use this phrase in the worship team, worship is a lifestyle. It's something that we do all the time. So, um, uh, that was one of the changes that, that we made really as a, a point of being a very outward focused church so that it is relevant for, for people to come in and feel at home. Mm. Great, great answer. Um, thirdly, if we uh, kind of looking around this religion aspect again, um, sometimes people have kind of called us as not being very religious in terms of maybe what they'd expect for Christianity. Because you know, even earlier, you know, uh, Andy welcomed in uh, Sammy the Squirrel. And, you know, some people w- would think that's a bit weird for a church, you know, that you've got someone dressed up as a squirrel coming in and, and taking the kids out. Um, you know, do, do you think sometimes with things like that we can go too far? Um, are there any kind of examples that you might think of that where we have that church can go too far the other way? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, when you have a system and a structure, it it can be um, look like it's all very contrived. But around all those systems and structures, there's always prayer. There's always asking God to guide us and lead us. So even though this morning we came in with a very clear plan of, of how the service would, would go, we've, you know, we've prayed over that plan. You wouldn't expect Stephen to stand up and preach here on a Sunday without having a plan, an idea. Um, so, you know, my upbringing in church was, you know, you sort of never knew who was getting up next. It was sort of, well, who, whose turn is it next? Who, what's happening 
next to them. They were sort of like a, uh, an unprofessional. We, we, we don't want to just go slick and professional, but we do believe God is a God of control. Uh, sorry, God is a God of order, not... Uh, we don't just want to be controlling. We want to be a God of... Uh, you know, honour a God of order. Mm. So when God called the world into being, he, he had a plan. <laughs> you know, when God created me and you, Jeremiah 27 verse 11 says, God has a plan to bless you and a prosper. He had a plan over your life. So we believe in the same way we should have a plan, but that plan is to be relevant, to be outward focused, a plan that makes people feel at ease. You know, having Freddie come through the door, you know, the kids love it. They feel instantly at ease, don't they? And we always use the caveat that your kids are safe with Freddie and with Sammy. We don't want you to just think we're taking your kids off with this strange fox or strange squirrel. So we do endeavor to make you feel at home with your children. But uh, we believe it's important to have a plan. And, and hopefully that is always about being relevant and outward focused. And uh, if you look in the Bible, uh, Adam was commanded to name the animals. So we've just named our squirrel Sammy. So it is, it is biblical. Okay. Yeah, good one. Um, uh, um, I mean, I think, I think look, we, we, we know that the Bible is ultimately the, the best book. It's the authority. It's a God-given uh, book with truth in it. But I think we can also enjoy it. We can read other books too. Um, you know, ultimately, we, we know that the Bible is the truth, but we can also enjoy Sammy the Squirrel. And, and um, you know, we, we, we watch Christian movies, we watch non-Christian movies. And I think that's something that in our church as well, we shouldn't feel just because we're in church, we have to only stick to characters that are in the Bible. You know, we can still have fun and the kids love it and appreciate it. Um, I think you can go too far. Um, you know, you can think of examples where you could go too far. And I'm not going to name the church, but there was a church that had a production and had a naked cowboy up on stage, and <laughs> they got a lot of flack for that. And I think they probably went too far on that one. Um, but they themselves um, recognized it to their credit, and I think their you know, main pastor said, look, it, we went a bit far. That was not a plan. That was just somebody using their creativity. So I hope we don't have any naked cowboys on stage in, in arena. We prefer not to. But Sammy the Squirrel's okay. Good. I mean, one of the things I've heard you guys say quite often is, you know, often about as time goes on, we keep the message the same, but we change the method of how we bring it across. I think probably that's probably a really important point to, to make a guess around that. Yeah, I mean, I'd echo that completely, Nathan. If you, if you read the Bible, particularly the accounts of the Gospels, Jesus was always relevant. You know, just to give a few examples, he, he wrote in the sand with his finger. What did he write? We don't know. He, he talked about current events. He talked about the, uh, the tower collapsing. He was very current. He was very relevant. And he even, you know, condensed the commandments into two commandments. There were ten commandments. Jesus said, well, actually, it's two. Love God. Love, love your neighbor as yourself, you know. And it all came down to that. So being relevant, Nathan, is absolutely key. And hopefully at Arena Church, you'll see, uh, yes, we love the Bible. We love the Word. We love God. We love worship. But also, we just love that freedom. Laughter is biblical it's in the bible god created a sense of humor if you read the bible you'll see it often enough and laughter is good um, but yeah we, we hopefully don't take it too far if you're at arena last week with john t you know what the word crazy really means uh, but yeah thanks for that question um so i think uh, we can agree in some ways is that sometimes uh, a younger generation has been called fragile at times. So I know even about some kind of people my age and, and younger that sometimes they're seen as being 
really fragile when coming against challenges and maybe getting offended really easily. I mean, uh, maybe some of you can relate to that. Sometimes, you know, people will say, um, that's it, forget it. I'm just going to look after number one, look after myself because, you know, everyone else is too difficult to, to deal with. It's too difficult to, to deal with different people. Um, do you see that kind of offense in people uh, in the church cross-generationally in terms of all across the age groups? Um, and how do you think we address that? Because sometimes, you know, we've all been in those situations where, uh, unfortunately, you, you feel like you're walking on eggshells with someone. You don't want to say something because you're going to upset them and you're just thinking, how am I going to approach this situation? How, how do you think, do you think it's something that we can see among the generations and how do you think we, we deal with that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, well, there's two sides to this. Um, there's one side that, um, and I know I remember Billy Graham uh, saying this so clearly, that the message of Christ, the, the cross, is an offense. It's an offensive message to a lot of people um, out in the world today. Um, because basically it's a message that tells people you are a sinner um, and you need Jesus. Um, so there's, there's that side to it. Um, and obviously we, we, we never want to compromise the truth. I think that's the important thing. We want to speak the truth. Uh, but there is, also, um, there is also an oversensitivity that Nathan touched on. I think that we, we do sometimes see um, in not only this, your generation, Nathan, but other generations, and um, I think the challenge for us um, is to, here in church, to create a culture where we're not offended. Um, where when, when we get spoken to about something or somebody says something to us, um, even if they, they hurt us, we're saying, you know what, we're all humans. We sometimes hurt each other. And just letting go of that offense and saying, I'm going to move past that. Eleni offends me sometimes or hurts me sometimes. I know I say that a lot from the front, but I, she's a good example because, um, you know, we, we love each other deeply. Um, but we all hurt each other, but we make a conscious decision in our home, and we want that in church as well to say, I'm going to move past it. Glennis may have offended me or hurt me with something, but I'm going to move past that, and, and, and I'm not going to hold on to that offense. Um, if I so. could just uh, add something there, Stephen. Yeah. If uh, many of you here are probably British uh, or certainly from a British upbringing and you're about the stiff upper lip and the British bulldog that just really pushed through, it, it left us emotionally stunted. Uh, many, for many generations, we don't talk about feelings. We seem to have gone the other way now uh, where everybody's, uh, it's all out there. It's all, and that's not a problem with that. But of course, what people still want is leadership. And if you look at our political leaders, even the past few weeks, um, unfortunately, the Prime Minister has a re- had had a real kick in because he's not been able to communicate with empathy and feeling to those who are really suffering. And at the moment, across the nation, whatever you, wherever you're from, if you're in the UK now, you can feel it because people don't know where to go. And at Arena Church, we really believe in leadership. And it's really important that when we say something from the Bible, number one, we mean it and we stick to it. And if we say something from the Bible that offends you, well, that's actually our job as leaders and as preachers to bring those words out. However, in terms of bringing offense, it's never our intention to offend you with the way you look, the way you walk, the way you speak, the way you talk. We're more interested in truth. And from a leadership point of view, as we're in a church, we really just want to keep stressing biblical truths that are going to enrich 
your life, but not just your life. Because in, in Ephesians chapter 4, we're talking about growing up in maturity, that we might be equipped for works of service. That means we can, each one of us has a role to play in this society where there is no leadership, you can be a leader. And the offence is sometimes there because we're Christians. We understand that. But on any other subject, it's never, ever intended that we offend anybody deliberately, but, of course, that we bring leadership um, all the time. Yeah, I mean, the Bible does talk, doesn't it, about speaking the truth in love. But sometimes people can use that as an excuse just to, I'm going to say that is it. And we never, we never want to be like that. So taking it away from the platform ministries, how we handle offense within our teams, within small group settings. Um, One of the things we encourage everybody is as part of our growth track, week one, know God, week two, find freedom. We, We encourage everybody to join a small group so that if you are handling any hurt, any offences, anything within your life, you've got people around you who can help you with that. Mm, We're good. accountable to each other. We encourage each other because we all can carry things that just aren't helpful. Um, I'd like to think as well, you know, some of the people who were my leaders, my direct leaders would say to me if I was, they felt like they were walking on eggshells shells with me, um, that, that we're, we love each other that much. You know, God loves us so much. He, he doesn't leave us where we are. He wants us to keep changing. So um, you know, one one of the the team I work with sometimes I've had to say, you know, don't don't be be like that. I've, I've, I've had to speak truth into his life to help him and just say, come on, let's call out the more from you because actually where you're going is is a bit offensive. You, you're being offensive to people. Just watch your attitude. But in love, you've got to have relationship with people, and you can only speak into people's lives to help them when you have got relationship which sits in a small group setting, a, a team setting, a group setting. So we encourage everybody within Arena Church, get in a small group because that will help us all to encourage each other when we are struggling. Great, great point. So if we're looking kind of onto another uh, thief in terms of uh, control, Stephen, um, you know, as the campus pastor here, um, obviously we want to run out of uh, and function out of strong leadership uh, but how would you say you have um, strength without being controlling or without having that control? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, um, Nathan. And I, I mean, for me, I know leadership, I, I always look at the template or I always look at the example of, of Jesus uh, in the Bible. What a great example of a leader. Um, and for Jesus, he didn't have a position that gave him a lot of control. Um, really, um, but the difference was Jesus, he was an influencer, so he had great influence, despite not having a position um, that gave him much control, uh, he didn't have control over the temple, and, but you know what, because of influence, because of who he was, um, uh, he, he gathered people around him that said, you know what, I want to know, I want to hear what Jesus is saying, because he clearly has wisdom, um, and clearly loves people, and so with no position, no control. He actually gained such a huge influence that we still are benefiting from and seeing in the world we live in today. So I think for me, um, that's something we don't always get it right, but we would certainly seek to model here in Arena in that we're saying, well, we want to be as leaders, people of influence, but not necessarily controlling every part of your life. But, but Jesus, another thing he did is he empowered other people, didn't he? He brought people, he empowered them to make their own decisions and therefore go and influence the world. And 
And, and for me, I just love that idea of, of, be, of influencing rather than controlling. Right. Very good. Uh, so we spoke a bit about, you know, the difference between order and control. You know, we spoke about, obviously, we have, for those of you who don't know, we have running orders for our services, so we know where we're going. Where do you see the line between, because we don't want to be controlling, but we want to have order. How do you balance in between having order but not being controlling? Again, let's just go back to the Bible because that's our starting point. God is God of order. Uh, read Genesis chapter, one, Genesis chapter 1. You'll find an order of things. And, and Paul the Apostle in the New Testament talks about things being done orderly. But at the same time, this is, and this is the paradox, is that God loves spontaneity. Now, let me just clarify that one. God is never surprised by what you do because he's seen the end from the beginning already. But God does love that spontaneous. So take Abel, for instance. Right in the beginning of Genesis, he presented his sacrifice. Never been done before. But he wanted to please God. He presented a spontaneous offer of worship, didn't he? So there is order. And it's good to have order. It's good to have a program so we know where we're going, so we're not keeping you here forever and a day. And let me just give you an example in real, in real life. Those of you who got kids, I challenge you, watch 10 or 15 minutes of a kid's program and see how long each section they do takes. It's never more than a couple of minutes because you're dealing with people who've got attention spans. And if we sit here forever and a day uh, without order, just going on with worship, just going on the preaching, going on the prayer time, this endless and without order, people lose interest. And we understand that as a relevant church. So I challenge you, just watch uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of a kid's program. See how quick things change. It's all in order. Is absolutely in order for a reason. And the same here. We need to have an order, but also we want to leave room, always want to leave room for God to break in, for God to minister. Like this morning, there was no set timing for the, the bit between the worship and the offering. But let's God, let God break in and speak to you. That's not the program. Certainly isn't. Uh, for five minutes, we'll have God speaking to us. That doesn't happen. However, we know the Holy Spirit is such a person that he wants to speak to you continually and if that happens in the middle of a service well fantastic we'll run with it it's great i think it's a good point as well because sometimes we think that uh, for god to move it's got to be spontaneous it's got to happen like over a long period of time you know that it's got to be crazy and you know like everyone's going to be all over the place but actually you know a lot of the time god just works in the simple moments some of the most impactful moments i've had myself has been when i've just been driving the car you know just a little moment you know just a few minutes god speaking and, mm. and i think it's a really good point That's what good. you made so if we're looking at the uh, last final question looking at the uh, the area of rejection i think we can you know we've we've all seen people we've seen uh, that a lot of people hope uh, unfortunately in this world they they are devoid of hope you know they don't know sometimes where uh, the world is going where their life is going. Um, and sometimes, you know, we have people coming into arena, um, church, who, who are carrying rejection. You know, they feel like they've been rejected, maybe was from society, from, from school, from their friends, from their family. You know, how, how do we deal with that? How do we com- combat rejection in arena? Yeah, um... 
One of the things that I love so much about Arena <clears throat> is that we are a multi-generational church and we have lots of people from different backgrounds and we set ourselves up to be like that. You know, we, we want to be all embracing to everybody who walks through our doors, whether, um, you know, you've got lots of money or no money, whether you're young, whether you're old, we want to be open, open to that. But with that, a lot of people can come in with their hurts and hurting people hurt people, don't they? So one of the areas of Arena Church that we have been very key in the last 12 to 18 months to introduce is our growth track, where we've said for everybody that comes through our doors, we want you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and go make a difference. I've been reading a book recently about habits and how you change habits, and it talks in there that that people can live quite um, with their own what what they currently know, so they can live with rejection or live with offence or until you give them a new habit and one of the things we believe growth track does is encourage everybody to say we want you to come and serve here and by doing that you start making a difference it makes your whether you've you know whatever you've been told from being young I'm no good I've got nothing to give I haven't got any talents we're trying to encourage everybody to say God has given you a plan God has given you a purpose God has given you ability and we want you to get with us because we know together we can make a difference and we feel that part of uh, people's bringing up um, will change when they get into a, a group with a church with a group of people where they go make a difference and I've seen the change on the worship team we had a guy who joined us 18 months ago who was timid he hardly said anything he, he did come from a, a you know a background where I think he he had been rejected I now see him just so free on this stage and he, he's got this dance that he does in the worship team he makes us laugh with it because he's just come alive by joining a team making a difference and all the baggage in essence that he's been brought up with his rejection his offense his religious attitudes has gone by being part of a team that's making a difference can i just uh, add something on that um, particularly in context of today's society we've actually had um in recent memory this church uh, where uh, a guy has said to us uh, well i'm gay can i come to your church absolutely going back to what i said at the beginning there is no qualification for you walking through these doors none of us absolutely none of us would qualify to walk through these doors of the church if there's a qualification standard set not one of us, not one of the pastors, not Nathan, not myself, not Stephen, not Julie. No one qualifies to walk through these doors. Mm. But yet there's a, a world out there full of controlling behaviours. You might have come from that background yourself, whether it's sexual, whether it's uh, substance abuse, whether it's behavioural problems, whether it's, whether it's habitual problems, whether it's self-harming. Whatever your background, everybody is welcome. But there's a, there's a well-known saying, and Julie's actually prayed it this morning, so I'm going to repeat it anyway. God loves you so much he accepts you as you are but God also loves you so much he's not going to leave you as you are and God is our creator he created our innermost being everything about us Steve was preaching last week about this God knows every little molecule in your body he designed you he created you and for me that qualifies him as knowing what's best for me and those life-controlling behaviours, whatever they are, let's not categorise them into sections, but life-controlling behaviours, none of us qualify. But through the grace of God and by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, all of us 
And the Bible calls it justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. That's what we all become. We're all equal. We've all sinned. We all need Jesus. And at Arena Church, we just want to say, whatever society has put on you, whatever label you've been given, however you've been put down, Jesus, it says in the Bible, it doesn't break a bruised reed. I know, a piece of grass that's bending over. Jesus doesn't break it. So if you feel like this morning, you're welcome at Arena Church because Jesus is here and he's here to make a difference in your life. Help you to find freedom. Yeah, that's good. Fantastic, Andy. Uh, it's been great this morning, hasn't it? Let's just give these guys a hand. Let's just thank them for what they've given. Excellent, guys. Can we stand to our feet? Um,